What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Between Two Tackles. I am your host, the Fade God, Alex Spinelli. Uh, alongside me, we got Ray Volo, Dean, uh, skipping out on the college football pod, maybe because he lost all five units. Who's to say? But he will be joining us for the NFL recap. Um, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Ray, how are we feeling? What a weekend. I mean, I lost all five unis, too, and I'm still standing here. So, you know, I guess some men are just built different. Built different. It's also Victory Monday, which we're excited to celebrate every week. Next step. Next step. Preach. Preach. All right. Let's get right into these games because, honestly, the the four we previewed, um, or you guys previewed, thank you for stepping in. Um, outside of the Penn State game, we're all, honestly, that could be on ESPN Classic. Um so let's start with the pooper. We'll start with Penn State. <laughs> we'll start with Penn State, Michigan. Um, Michigan, a dominant 41 to 17 victory. Um, where honestly, at a certain point in the game, Michigan was dominating so badly, and Penn State was still in the game in the second quarter. But Ray, what'd you see from this game? What'd you see from this Michigan team too that Ohio State will have to play and you know, it feels like over the last decade, it was kind of Jim Harbaugh and this Michigan team, and they weren't really that good. But these last two years, they've really turned it around. It feels like a different program almost. Yeah, I mean, you were saying it like they were still in the game when they were getting dominated. At one point, they were up and they were, they were wow, they were getting dominated. They were getting dominated. Dude, like they honestly really didn't have a shot in this game. Like, I don't care what the scoreboard said. Uh, they really just got dominated on in the trenches on both sides of the ball. Uh, Michigan ran for what 418 yards. That's just Some you're not winning. It. Yeah, I mean that's just that's honestly unacceptable. I know you're on the road at the, at the big house, but I thought that uh, Penn State's front was going to put up a little bit more of a fight than that, especially coming into the game. I think they're averaging like less than 80 yards uh, a game, like against them. They were top five in the country. Yeah, it was fucking insane. Dude, they were like they run their run defense was the best part of their team. Um, that's a false fifth in the country though, because yeah, like some I guess of those. So. Some of those games, it was a uh, big passing, a lot of passing uh, in some of those games, high scoring. Um, but, yeah, just really, really poor effort from this defensive line. Yeah, I mean, this Michigan team, it just I mean, they're kind of like they were last year in the sense that they just run the fucking ball, man. Like, And, they, and they, they're way more talented at quarterback now and more athletic with J.J. McCarthy, but he didn't really even have to do much. Like, they just hand the ball off to Blake Corum 28 times. And then even uh, Donovan Edwards, he's a freshman or is he a sophomore? I, I can't remember, but he got involved. Um, yeah, I think he might be a red shirt. I, yeah, I think he's a sophomore, but he was fucking killing it too. He broke off a bunch of big runs. Yeah. Um, And honestly, there were some points in this game too where it looked like Penn State might have had Corum in the backfield, but then he went untouched for like eight yards. They were, yeah. they were just getting gashed. And then some of those long runs, they had no shot. Um, I'm definitely going to touch on Penn State more in the stock down. But yeah, I mean, like you said, getting dominated and they were up at one point. I mean, they got they got stops on the two first drives, long drives, and they got two field goals out of them. Clifford had the big run that set them up for a touchdown, and then they got the the fluke off the helmet uh interception for a oh, touchdown. Yeah, that was and then insane. It, and then it was really just Michigan running the ball down their throats. Literally down their throats. And also, uh, I don't know if it was a third down or not, but that you I don't know if you remember, I think it was early in the game that Joey Porter uh 
like personal foul that he had, like where he was like wrapped them up and then like the whistle blew and then three seconds later he slabbed to the ground. Like that Bro. shit, come on, man. On the road, you can't do that shit. Especially in a like I feel like that was just like I think like extended the drive if I'm not it mistaken. And they, they went yeah, then they went on to score on that drive. Um but yeah, and honestly, this this Michigan team too, even though they lost Aiden Hutchinson and uh Ojabo and Dax Hill, I feel like this defense is better. Honestly, I feel like they have more athletes across, defense, across the defensive line, especially. That defensive line is actually like very, very scary. The two uh, senior edges I touched on last week, uh, Oki and uh, what's his name? Mike and Morris. Morris. Dude, that, Mike but Morris, Messi, was, Messi was also yeah, killing us. Dude, insane. I, actually, I think I touched on him in the preview, but yeah, he was super. Like, he was just plugging the fucking lane. You guys didn't run for like anything really, right? Besides I mean, that Clifford we, run? We couldn't. We legit couldn't. Singleton had... Under 20 yards, I think a kid on Allen had under 20 yards. I mean, it it was just really bad. They weren't, we weren't extending drives. But I, I also was thinking about this too after the game, with especially with their offensive line, like recruit, especially in college football. Football is always one in the trenches, but in college football, that's even more prevalent. The best teams always have the best offensive line and they have the best defensive line. And for Penn State, especially. I mean, this defensive line sucks on this team, but in years past, they have had good defensive lines. But their offensive line has always been a problem. And they just, I mean, this year they had number 10 offensive tackle. Next year they have number two and number three offensive guards in in their class. And they in 24, they have the number six offensive tackle. Like the recruiting like that needs to keep up if you want to be in this big, big boy conversation or else you're just going to be a, a top twelve team every year and never make the playoff. Yeah, I until agree. they until they expand it. I mean, I, your left tackle, from what I saw, I mean, obviously, Shano actually did an okay job. I, was, I thought he did a pretty decent job, and also I really liked uh, your safety, Jair Brown. I love and him. I, he uh, he's big, dude. He's thick. Uh, he made a couple nice plays that I noticed. I haven't obviously I didn't like go back and rewatch it. Just when I, while I was watching the game, they jumped out at me. Yeah, so for for Penn State, this is likely season over. Um, and for Michigan, this is they'll keep it rolling. They this will be a really uh, interesting matchup against Ohio, when they play Ohio State. All right, we'll move on to the second game. An unbelievable game, great ending. Got number three Alabama on the road. Number six Tennessee. Tennessee, a forty-two to forty-nine victory. This is fifty-two uh, forty-nine. Um, it's like those classic like Big Twelve games, right? What an output. I mean, for both quarterbacks, both guys played unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, I think we were texting during the game, but you and you said it, and I couldn't agree more. Uh, Bryce Young, if he was like three, four inches taller, he's probably the best quarterback prospect I've ever he's seen. He's insane. He was dude, so great. I can't believe they lost this game. Dude, the way Hendon Hooker was unbelievable. The way he commands the line of scrimmage, it's, he just knows exactly, I feel like, what the defenses are doing. The way he can escape pressure, I fucking, I don't know how anyone can have Will Levis ranked ahead of him, but. <laughs> I guess I'll, let's focus more on the winning side. This Tennessee offense in particular is going to be a problem. Uh, I don't know if their defense can be able to hold up enough to like win a national championship, but no team wants to play this fucking Tennessee offense. No, no, no team. Hendon Hooker, uh, 385 yards, five touchdowns. He finally threw his first pick. Uh, I don't remember. Was it a little fluky? I don't remember it. I know he had like one that was really close too. Um, um, to be honest, I don't remember it. I don't remember it off the top of my head either. And then also, I mean, Cedric Tillman out. 
and fucking Jalen Hyatt said, hold my fucking beer. I got this for you fellas. Six catches, 207 yards, and five touchdowns. That's one of the craziest stat lines from a receiver I've ever seen, um, especially from this against like, an Alabama team that's just like they are loaded with talent, NFL talent on the back end. They just haven't played like it at all. Right. And I mean, you mentioned this, uh, the Tennessee defense, especially that is by far the biggest worrisome f- for this team. This offense is rolling, but I wrote it down. Um, they're 47th in the country in scoring defense. They're 104th in total defense. And they're 129th uh, in pass defense. Can you win a national championship like that? I don't know, man. I really don't. I, I think they're going to have to like figure out a way to buckle down towards the end. But, I mean, this offense can keep pace with anyone. So when you have an offense like that, it kind of gives your defense a little bit of a breathing room, a little bit of luxury. And also I want to say, because every single week we talk about Tennessee – I note that if they like uh, the other team needs to get after Hooker and like knock him on his ass, this Tennessee offensive line holds up every week. Wait, They're week really, week really, out. really good. They had do one sack. I didn't really notice Will Anderson like at all, to be honest with you. Um, overall, this offense is just elite. This offense is elite. There's okay. really no other way to put it. And that was also, uh, I mean, these a little bit ways to go, but that's a high performance if I've ever seen one. Right. Um, for Alabama, 17 penalties in this game. Brutal. Pretty hard to win like that. Um, and they also had that horrible um, fumble on the punt early in the game where they were clearing out, and the guy went up and picked it up. And he tried to pick it up, and, he, and they lost it. Tennessee ends up scoring on that drive, too. That's and the they, made right it 20, they made it 28-10. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I, I texted you guys after, and I said that guy just lost a scholarship, like, that guy, there's no way that guy's playing remotely anytime soon. Yeah, dude, actually, wild. I went down to grab water. I came back up and like they had a t- Tennessee score a touchdown. Yeah, right? I was like, wait, what the fuck just happened? Um, for Tennessee, I mean, they still got to play Georgia at the end of the year, so we'll see what happens with that. But for Alabama on on their side of the division, they still control their own destiny. So even with this loss, they could still win out. And if they play one of these teams in in the SEC championship. I mean, if they win, they're in. If they lose, they're then they're out. But they could still get into the playoff. So I love when the SEC just beats the shit out of each other. Right, gotta love that. All right, we'll move on to the third game. Another ranked, unbelievable game. Um, number eight, Oklahoma State at number thirteen, TCU. TCU a forty-three to forty victory in double overtime. Ray, this was an absolute crazy game. TCU was down basically the entire game. Yeah, I don't understand how they came. They ended up like coming back to win. Right. Uh, I mean, especially with Duggan, he. I mean, he had a like a good game, but like his numbers don't jump out at you. Uh, but yeah, this is a very very odd game. I feel like typical Big Twelve. I got fucking hosed because I had the under in this, and then it went to <laughs> overtime. I was so goddamn pissed. What was uh? What was the over? It was like I think I, had, I took like sixty nine and a half. Oh yeah, but they put up twenty three in fucking overtime. It was it was done. <laughs> I can't. I actually forgot about this, and it now is annoying me. When TCU came down the fucking tie, I was so goddamn annoyed um, because this, this was actually looking like a wrap. I actually had it marked down, but um, Quentin Johnson, another great performance. He's really uh, secure, trying to secure that number one receiver job, which is our spot rather in the upcoming draft, which was pretty good to see. Uh, the, the senior quarterbacks played well, but they did leave a little to be desired. Right. Yeah, I mean, you said it. I don't know how TCU won this game. <laughs> Even though 
I mean, they controlled time of possession. They had way more yards. They had almost 10 more first downs. Um, but scoring-wise, Oklahoma State was controlling the game the entire game, basically. Um, and Max Duggan made enough plays at the, at the end of the game. Um, he was really impressive. I, I honestly was really impressed with Max Duggan, um, especially because this guy lost his job at the start of the year, too. Um, and then Chandler Morris got injured in the first game, and this guy's played like a Heisman candidate all season. Um, so big props to Max Duggan and this TCU team. They keep it rolling. Uh, they're really, really good team in the, in, uh, in this Big 12. They're undefeated still. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if they win this Big 12, uh, like we said, the SEC is going to beat up on each other. They have a shot. They have a real, real shot to make the playoffs. Big time. I think also, but let me point out, if they make the playoffs, they get fucking waxed in the first game. Big time. <laughs> but honestly, I mean, who's not going to get waxed against fucking Georgia, Ohio State? Yeah. I mean, Tennessee, I think Tennessee, Georgia, I think will be, I mean, they play a regular season, like you said, but I think that'd be an intriguing game, to be honest with you. Yeah. All right. We'll wrap it up uh, with our last game. We'll pack 12 action. Another insane game. It's this uh, game. This game. This game was crazy. <laughs> Fucking infuriated me. <laughs> number seven, USC. On the road at number 20, Utah. Utah needed this game desperately to keep their season alive. And Cam Rising just came up big when they needed him to. This guy's tough as fuck. I I, I really like it. I, I don't love the way he plays sometimes, but I re- he reminds me of Fitzpatrick, honestly. Yeah, he's going to have an NFL job. You can, I mean, he'll be a backup for a little bit, but I wouldn't even be surprised if he can, like, like, like fight tooth and nail to get a starting job eventually. He's gritty, like you said, and he plays on time. When he plays on time and in the system, I feel like that's, I feel like coaches are going to love him. Right, and it was really this um, the second half, especially that got Utah. I mean, they scored right before the first half ended, and then they got the ball to start the second half too. Scored to start the second half, but they had four drives in the second half. Um, the first drive, seven plays for a touchdown. The second drive was 11 plays that they got down to the 15-yard lines. They ended up fumbling. And then a 10-play drive for a touchdown and a 15-yard play, uh, a 15-play touchdown drive to end the game. And then they go for two. Cam Rising made enough big plays. Uh, they were three for three on fourth down, mostly on Cam Rising runs. Um, yeah, that fucker, he's more, way more mobile than I thought he was. This will be a... This would be a really interesting shaping up for for the Pac-12 too. There's a lot of teams right there. Yeah, Utah, I mean, USC, UCLA—they're all still. I mean, these are all good teams too. Yeah, but UCLA is their only hope for a playoff team now. To be honest with you, uh, you know how we were just saying. I don't know how TCU won. I actually do not know how fucking Utah won this game. I was I I had it locked up in the first quarter. I was texting people like, "Oh yeah, like USC's it's over." Like, <laughs> USC's defense is abysmal. They can't tackle. It was fucking actually infuriating. And then, like when I knew when they went for two, I was like, "Oh, this game is so over." Like, they, there's no shot they were making a stop there. Yeah. But uh, Caleb Williams, dude. I mean, he's unbelievable he is, too, dude. He's a better Kyler Murray. He is insane. This fucking kid. He's super. Like, he's like he gets a, the way he gets it, like away from pressure is crazy. He's super mobile. I actually, I really did think they were going to be able to uh, get into field goal range to win the game at the end, but alas, yeah. tough for uh, USC too. Jordan Addison went down in the third quarter too. 
um, their big play. And honestly, even though they were still scoring kind of, I think they scored twice, even after he, uh, he went out with Mario Williams. Um, but their offense looked like they needed him badly too. They needed somebody else that could help move the ball down the field. And for, uh, we'd be remiss to not mention uh, Dean's boy, Dalton Kincaid, <laughs> 16 catches for 234 yards and a touchdown. An unbelievable performance. USC could not stop him. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess we'll we'll start right there with our stock up guy. That's my stock. I mean, that's going to be the first stock up guy I talk Got about. It, Dude, his fucking stat line, like you just said, was insane. Uh, he really, um, like, I guess he really gained a lot of fucking uh, – like I guess drafts like draft hype with uh, that other tight end going down because he's just they just targeted him and him alone I think like the entire game, super sure handed that uh catch along the sidelines I want to say it was that catch was ass. disgusting and in, literally insane I didn't think there was a shot in hell he caught it and it was like I think he may have even had two feet it was a very clean catch super strong hands uh he's gonna get drafted definitely and he'll have a role in the NFL next year big time. Um, first guy I'm mentioning for stock up is Chase Brown running back for Illinois. Gotta show the Big Ten some love. Um last this week against uh Minnesota, 41 carries. 41 carries for 180 yards. Um, he now leads the country in rushing with uh a thousand fifty-nine on 192 carries. This dude is an absolute workhorse for this fighting Illini team. Um, especially after a brutal loss. They won in week zero, but they lost week one against Indiana. Really tough loss. Um, they've since won five straight, and they're now ranked 18th in the country. This Illinois, 18th in the country. Um, and he is by far their most dynamic player, and he's basically their entire offense. He helped control time of possession against Minnesota, 40 minutes to 20 minutes Jeez, in this past yeah. game. That's how you win. win. When you're at least when you're a less talented team, I tell you, win games. But uh, ironically, I feel like 41 carries that may actually be dra- NFL draft stock down. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not positive, but to be honest, I don't think this guy gets drafted because I was looking at his numbers. This well, 192 carries <laughs> in seven games is absurd. Yes. <laughs> All right, who you got for your uh, your second stock up? I'm sticking at the running back position. I'm going uh, someone I think I touched on earlier in the season, but uh, senior running back Eric Gray for Oklahoma. Dude, this kid fucking really balled out against Kansas. I mean, I know Kansas's defense I mentioned last week in the recap. They can't tackle for Dick, and he took advantage of that. Uh, what was the – let me see his stat line. I think he had like 28 carries, I want to say. Let me see. No, 20 carries, 176 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, I saw in – I think it was the first half, I believe – um, he had like a, a like a twenty yard touchdown run that got called back, and the next play he just ran for a thirty yard touchdown run. Uh, super super good balance, uh, contact balance. Like he was doing spin moves, getting hit, and just keep staying up. Uh, this is someone that you really have to wrap up. He's not going to go down with like those weak ass arm tackles or just throwing your body at him. Uh, on the season he's got ninety seven carries, uh, almost seven hundred yards and five touchdowns. Uh, transferred from Tennessee, I think he's going to get drafted on day three, and he'll definitely contribute in the NFL backfield. Also, uh, I had the over in this game, uh, in the Kansas-Oklahoma game, and that was the easiest bet of my life. I think they scored like 35 points in like a quarter and a half. Nice. Yeah. All right. I'll round it out for our stock up guy. Uh, a guy I actually had a stock up a few weeks ago, but he continues to ball. Got Miles Murphy for Clemson, the edge. 
um, six tackles, three and a half tackles for a loss, two sacks, and a forced fumble against Florida State. Um, especially when he's one-on-one, he catches a lot of double teams, even for um, a defensive line so good, he still gets double teamed a ton. But when he catches these one-on-one matchups, there's nobody better in the country than him. Um, he's long, he's a freak athlete, and his his power, his, his speed to power moves are unmatched, and these lower-level offensive tackles cannot handle him. He's going to be likely a top-10 pick, top-15 pick. Um, I'm really excited to see what he does in the NFL because he's a special, special talent. All right, Ray. Let's move to some stock down. Let's get a little pessimistic. Who you got for your stock down? Yeah, you're on mute. Good call. Whoops. Technical difficulties. Uh, My stock down, as I was saying, is not going to be a player. It's not even going to be a team, really. I'm going with a coach, uh, Marcus Freeman. And I guess we'll just go Notre Dame as a whole. I thought you were going to say for James Franklin. Uh, No, no. I wouldn't have stopped you. Yeah, I mean, one loss for him, but I mean, Marcus Freeman, man, this talk about an absolute abysmal start to your uh, coaching tenure. They lost to uh, at home to Stanford, who was one and four coming to the game, and they were 17 and a half point favorites. I mean, this guy took over an 11 and one team last year and has he's under 500 technically, I guess, because he lost that bowl game, too. They cannot figure it out. Quarterback uh, Drew Pine. Went 13 of 27, 151 yards. And that guy blows. Dude, that guy's terrible. And um, the quarterback before him, uh, I can't remember. Why am I blank? Oh, Tyler Buckner, is it? Buckner. Yeah, he's like the, the another sophomore. He's like really highly touted, uh, dual threat kid. So it gave him like a little bit of a different, um, what you call it, a little bit of different like angle they usually don't have. I mean, I feel like Notre Dame never has mobile quarterback, but he fucking sucked too uh, when he played. He was like. 28 of 50 for 378 yards, no touchdowns, two picks. Can't figure out the quarterback position, and it's really, really costing them, I think. But even as a whole, like, I mean, Notre Dame should not be 3-3 three and three this year. They were so highly regarded, top five team coming into the year. Um, we said they were overhyped, though, but not, obviously not this bad. But yeah, we said that their talent didn't match their ranking at all, I don't think. They're always overhyped. And, I mean, they have, what, six games left? Yeah. Uh, at, Syrac- at 14 Syracuse in two weeks. Versus Clemson in three weeks, and then they close the season at USC. There's a very good chance these guys aren't going to be bowl eligible this year. Um, I don't know how much patience Notre Dame's going to have. I assume it's not going to be a one and done, but I mean, they got to be questioning what their choice was, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's that's real. It's definitely not going to be one year. I mean, this guy is so highly regarded in the locker room, too. I feel like all these guys love him. Um, but Results have got to show on the field, too. You can't just be a fucking rah-rah guy for your team. I mean, 17.5-point favors at home and you lose outright, that's borderline unacceptable. Yeah, not good. And I'm going to uh, switch gears to another really bad team, and that's Penn State. Uh, stock down for Penn State. Uh, in particular, this defensive line. Um, you get rolled on by Michigan. 400 yards rushing. Um, it was pathetic. And I don't really know what to say. I mean, it's by far the the worst unit on this team, and they just don't have any of these impact. I mean, over the past few years, they had Micah, they had Ebiquette, they had Luketa, Owe, Grossmatos, Shaka Tony. Like, they always had dudes on this defensive line that could get after the quarterback, that could stop the run, and they just have none of it this year. It's, it's really sad, and it's tough when your season ends 
seven weeks into the season. Yeah, it's it's crazy how like you needed to win this game. You, it's a tough game. You're on the road in Michigan, but when you have a stretch of Michigan, Minnesota, who honestly is playing like dog shit right now, we need to fucking beat the fuck out of them. Um, and then you get Ohio State at home. Like you need to win one of those two games, and it's likely not going to be against Ohio State. Yeah, I mean it's crazy how, uh, how for so many years your back end was your weak point. And now you guys finally have like NFL back end talent, and your front like four is just not getting the job done at all. It's tough. It's cr- honestly the amount of talent that is in the NFL. Not even, not even just talent. The amount of really good talent that's in the NFL from Penn State, and they one have never even been in the. I was I was going to say they never won a national championship, but they've never even been in a, in a playoff. Is absurd. Yeah, it's. Um... Very ironic, to be honest with you. It's like, pathetic. They, they're a powerhouse. It's pathetic. I I fucking hate it. I hate rooting for them more than I root for the Jets. It's it's miserable. All right, but enough of uh, my therapy session. Let's get to the bets. Boys had a tough week, but the fade god is here. Ray, you want to start us? I mean, mine's simple. I took USC <laughs> money line. They should have won. They got fucking cucked. So that's five units down the drain. Yeah, that's tough. And uh, Dean had Max Duggan, a five-unit bet over 300 yards in a double overtime game, and he still doesn't hit it. (laughs) Uh, Really, uh, really tough blow to Dean there after some really strong weeks. But don't worry. Have no fear. The fade god is here. And your boy Sauce is two for two two this week, Uh, a a two-and-a-half-unit. Uh, USC plus three and a half smash and then uh, a Kentucky plus four and a half was really sweating that game when I faded myself there. Uh, but Kentucky looked they good. They went out right, right? Yeah, they went out right. Um, so gotta love that. And uh, you gotta love a little uh, 4.46 unit win in uh, in college football after the absolute misery I've been uh, dealing with the past few weeks. Um, so it feels nice to be in the positive side. And I'm going to keep fading myself, by the way, because I'm about to get red hot, <laughs> which is really bad. Yeah, it sucks. It's actually, it's re- yeah, you, it's, uh... I mean, you guys were calling it a beta move last week, but I mean, it's a beta move to be like, oh, yeah, like I'm going to still bet the other side, but you guys should fade me. No, I'm going to fucking fade myself. And that's how we win. Hey, man. Money's money. Money's money. All right, so that'll wrap it up for us here on Between Two Tackles. Thank you for listening to part one of our recap episode with college football. Stick with us as you we will move on to part two with the NFL, and we got some big victory Monday to share with you. We want we want to share with we want to share with the people. The Jets are just spreading positive vibes and joy all across the BTT landscape. So gotta love that. Um, as always, please rate and subscribe to the pod and follow our Twitter at two tackles with the number two and stick with us as we continue this 2022, 2023 season. Ray, appreciate you. Peace.